everybody. It's January, Friday, January 29th. My name is Charlie Fink, and I'm here with my partner in crime, Ted Chilowitz, the Paramount Pictures futurist, and our friend Louisa Spring of Sam Immersive. Hi, Louisa. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you, the two titans of XR. I can't believe I'm on. <laughs> Good to see you. Good morning. <laughs> I don't think anybody's referred to us that way, but that's... Uh... That's heady to start a Friday morning. That's nice. This it's show has become the way Ted and I keep in touch with people. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it's lovely to be here, guys. It really well, is. I miss seeing you in the real. I know. Me too. We normally see each other at all the shows. I know. We, we, I never have to plan anything because I know the next place I go, everybody's going to be there. <laughs> right, right. And I always enjoy both of you, you know, when you do your talks, etc. They're pretty amazing. Thank you. So... We usually bat around the week's news. It's been a pretty light news week uh, in tech, a very rare thing. Uh, the stock market has been gyrating wildly this week, uh, but the earnings from uh, and the results from most of the tech companies were very strong as anticipated. Yeah. The market is gyrating around. I don't know what's happening in the world of money exactly, but uh, it's uh, certainly affecting tech stocks as well as everything sort of has reached a peak now and is kind of bouncing around. So uh, until the next stimulus bill is passed, I suspect we're not going to see, uh, we're, we're going to continue to see this kind of frothy instability, if you will, uh, at the very top of the market. But um, on the other hand, it's hard to believe that a company like Google is going to be worth less in five years, uh, or Apple even, uh, you know, these very highly valued stocks really at the peak of their valuations. But um, they're certainly uh, a good reason for that because where else is money going to go? There's no yeah. bank to pay you any interest. It's so either you're going to put it in your mattress and uh, of course we're printing money like crazy right now. So every dollar in your mattress is worth less every day. So if you don't put it in an asset that's appreciating, um, it's going to be worth less when you take it out of the mattress, the buying power of the dollar. So um, I, that, so the money is all going into the tech stocks for that reason. Yeah. The, the other stocks, other stocks are too volatile. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't even believe I'm I'm starting my comment by saying this, but uh, I, you know, because I still feel and generally act like a 16 year old kid. Uh, but I would, I would just take that out of my lexicon for a moment and say I've been around long enough and have been generally invested in some way, shape, or form in various parts of the market to know that anything is possible and that. Um, when you look at these giant, talk about titans, titans of industry uh, that are growing to just enormous um, places that people a generation ago never thought a company would could ever have these kinds of values, two, $2 2.3, trillion dollar value um, companies, you know, $1.8 trillion companies. Um, and you say, you know, is it possible in the next 20 years to have company structures that are worth five or six trillion dollars? I would say the answer is likely yes. And is it possible that the entire system goes through some sort of changing of the guard and revolt structure and all of these companies and new innovation comes in that starts to break down these barriers? It's just when you think that it can never change that things start to change. And I think that is 
like an interesting thing to think about. And I know we, we, we did our best this morning to say, we really don't want to go down the rabbit hole of what has been happened with a couple of these stocks uh, in the recent couple of years, because there's been so much press and talk about it. But I think an interesting perspective on it without going too deep is that you're seeing some of those revolutionary moments and we're seeing the dynamic of social media as a, as a, a, an agent of massive economic change now. Um, which I think started in the in the world of, of cyber securities and, and Bitcoin and, and blockchain um, with these these devices to represent money of the future that for a fairly strong period of time, there was a good prediction from a lot of really smart people that this is not real, that it's just going to explode and go away and a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money. I don't think you're seeing anybody saying it's going to like disappear now, that whole sector of the world, which is in, in the many, many trillions of dollars of wealth that has been generated and pushed around. Um, and there was, there was a, a Bitcoin conference I was uh, listening into uh, yesterday uh, talking about how institutional investors are starting to view this now and come into it, which starts to raise you know the big one, which is Bitcoin, but also raise the entire sector of all these other um, cyber securities and cyber currencies, uh, and it is becoming a new reality, simply like the stocks of the 20s, 30s, 40s, the, the companies that came out of the 70s. Like, you know, if you look at how Apple started and the fact that they are effectively the wealthiest country on planet Earth, when it started with a couple of hippies, you know, and, and two kids like building a box to steal phone calls, and that became the world where we live in today, if you think it can't change again in a totally another way in the next 10 or 15, 20 years, uh, I think you're wrong, right? And, yeah. and I think maybe that's just my, my futurist sort of brain always kind of processing and working change, but change is gonna be out there. And there are gonna be little companies we've never heard of that today that are going to be really meaningful and maybe even more meaningful than Google or Microsoft or Amazon or Apple, which is- Yeah, maybe one influencers, traditional influencers, you know, could be manipulating stocks or, you know, to start actually kind of instead of selling products, but actually yeah. selling stocks instead. So, yeah. you know, Kim Kardashian is not selling skins. She's selling the skim stock, right? So anyway, it's, it's an- that, Wasn't that the second or third season of Silicon Valley where, where the climax is the guy in his stable? That they brought in to be CEO, who says to what's his name, the guy who started Pied Piper. Yeah, um, um, wow, you're confused. You think you're making something. The product <laughs> is the stock price. Correct. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So um, um, yeah, it's it's a fascinating time to be in the world in so many ways, right? And just right. watching what is happening. And, and never underestimating the power of people when you can give them a voice and compute technology has given them a voice and power. It used to only be these big shots that had these infrastructures to essentially move and manipulate markets. That's what these guys do for a living, right? They, they take a bet and then they try and push that using their, their power. And now you have like I read one article that talked about that this is like the new French Revolution. Like this is this is so powerful. What has happened to essentially topple those those big power structures? It, it was very little about you know the stock itself or the, these companies themselves. It was literally a a power struggle, which represents 
there's a lot of interesting documentaries that I've watched. There's one just called Capital on Netflix that talks about when you start to have such a, a polarization of wealth uh, that we now live in this country and many other countries where mm -hmm. there are less and less people that have more and more ownership of everything that it is an inevitable conclusion that it will, that, that the, the masses will find a way to rise up. And, and now they're not with pitchforks and knives storming the castle. They are literally they've storming Reddit, the castle with their voices on Reddit social media. Yeah, yeah, and Robin Hood. They're, that's the new yeah. way they storm the castle. So it's, it is a fascinating thing to, to look at and think about, well discussed already in lots of media. So um, one interesting bit of news for those in XR land is that um, Zuckerberg took off on VR in his earnings call. I think shocking the analysts who were listening, who were really not paying a whole lot of attention as we are to their XR ambitions. Yeah. And Zuckerberg took about the first five or 10 minutes of a 20 minute presentation to talk about how well the Quest is doing. And, um, you know, they're selling them as fast as they can make them. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I guess, uh, although Ben Lang did some math that suggested they've only sold about a million of them over the holiday season, which would be disappointing, but uh, apparently as much a ma matter of inventory as it is of demand. So um, it, it'll yeah, be interesting I've, to see when we finally total it up where, where we are. Yeah, I've seen a few different sources. It ranges from somewhere between slightly under a million to slightly under three million. And it's probably, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle there. It's probably a million two-ish, you know, rounding. But, but it, it's this consistent growth curve of people getting more and more intrigued with the technology outside of folks like us, right? Yeah. Um, and the early, early adopters and the early enthusiasts that were sort of price is no object, they're going to have it. And finding the right price, the right consumer dynamics for it the right consumer experience for it and knowing that if they're getting low millions now with a device that still has challenges and flaws in its use case when they have four or five or six more cycles of this over the next x amount of years call it three to five years for the next one or two gen and then 10 years to kind of really mature it and they'll be probably in a, a mixed reality virtual reality uh, much lighter uh, form factor and much better technology than well, they have the, now. The other, thing, the other thing that Zuckerberg said was he feels like they're there with the Quest, mm -hmm. that it will be improved incrementally, but now they're really turning their um, attention to, to mixed reality. Yeah. yeah. To mixed reality. They think that's the next big opportunity and they're just going to keep You know what? Interesting to me is the, um, so I play Supernatural, right? <laughs> me too. Uh, yeah. It's an exercise game. Yeah, and there's a whole Facebook group of people that are basically over 50 who have bought the Quest just to play, and they're obsessed as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, and even when, you know, I've shown my husband's friends who are older, you know, that game, for example, they will go out and buy it. And now there's a whole Facebook group growing that's very competitive that is an older group not the younger group that we think of. So, um, you know, I think the kind of ease of setting up and, and you know, everything, the, how light it is, although I have to say, I don't like the regular strap, it's terrible. Um, but, you know, the ease of this thing is, is, is just, you know, bringing it out there and people are having a lot of fun in lockdown, they're buying it actually. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. So, 
Yeah. Um, I think it's a, uh, I think it, and then after that, after they do the initial exercise games, they start getting into games they really like, which are like puzzle games, for example. Not so many of the shooters, which are obviously big for, you know, other players, but they're getting into a lot of the puzzle games or wonder where you can go and see your house, you know, in 1982 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think there was a lovely story about how one woman put in the address in a certain year and saw her grandfather outside. What? <laughs> yeah. So that is, that to me is, you know, lovely how it's, it's coming out to a whole different audience. It's interesting you bring that up, Lisa, because one of my personal, I mean, we all have our little personal moments in this journey that we've had. And one of my most powerful personal moments is, this is going to go back a couple of years. So it's on the original Rift, you know, on the computer with the thing set up. And I have, the back of my house is like this little circus always with all these different pieces of technology. And in the days when we used to have people over, which hopefully will, will come again, <laughs> uh, occasionally, you know, we'd walk back there, I'd let them play games and I would take them into the, the VR version of Google Earth. Uh, and I would show them a few key places, right? I'd say, let's everybody go goes home. Everybody goes home. Right. Charlie knows the end of the story, right? Let's go to Manhattan. And then I say, tell me, tell me where you would want to go. And they would all look at me and go, is it, is it possible to take me to the home where I grew up, to where That's I grew exactly up? Right. And I say, yes. Um, do you know the address? And they're like, mm. and sometimes they'd call their parents. Like, <laughs> what was the address where we grew up? And so you'd put oh, it I in. I know room. that, 29 Cornell Street. Boom, there you go, 1452 blah, blah, blah Street, <laughs> Tucson, Arizona, Cleveland, Ohio, whatever it is. They'd put the headset back on, I would type it in and it would do that little <sighs> fly yeah. there. And their emotional rush, like because they're there, you know, from the ground and, and floating around and looking at it, they're like, oh my God, there's my house. Like that's, I grew up there. And the, wait, the, the other way to do is to, to go into giant mode and just teleport around the earth. Yeah. It was just, and, and a lot of them would come out crying. They'd be like, I can't believe you just did that to me. That is the most amazing thing. So that's one of like, sort of like close to my heart moments that has to do with the success of a of an enterprise like this yeah. are these emotional moments. That well, imagine, up. I mean, I'm on my hands and knees looking, trying to look in the window of my apartment on 10th Avenue. <laughs> right, it's an, and, and we've all done it. Like it's such a universal thing for anybody that had a chance to use the technology that way. It was just so powerful. So it's yeah, interesting the, I mean, some of the places like New York and San Francisco really are extraordinarily well mapped. Yes. Uh, and, um, and the amount of detail, if you zoom into the simulation is insane. It's insane. Yeah. And, and they've got that all over the world. It's really one of the most extraordinary things, um, you know, on the internet. I, I will say this, I was about to bring up Google VR um, because of the news about Tiltbrush this week yeah. uh, going open source. So we'll start to see a lot of different versions of Tiltbrush, possibly free, but um, pro- probably not free. Google's gonna continue selling Tiltbrush, but they are not going to continue supporting it which means among other things, closing Google Poly. Um, I have a tremendous problem with that because there's n- very difficult to get your art out of Tiltbrush. And Tiltbrush uh, is one of the principal content creation tools for mixed reality, mm. right? We don't have that. I mean, the thing that everybody doesn't talk about in mixed reality, but every developer knows is that mixed reality is about 3D assets. You know, the game engine is just is just the platform for placing them in space yeah. mm-hmm. but without the 3d objects either made 
in a 3D drawing platform, you know, whether it's Blender, whether it's Tilt Brush. And when you get the finished product into a 3D environment, you need to export it so that you can drag it into your game engine. And the only way to do that with Tilt Brush is to use Poly. Right. So if Google shuts down Poly, there is only one official way then to move your Tilt Brush drawings into VR. And that is by going through Sketchfab, which is a wonderful company. I love the people who run it. It's a great idea. It's a necessary resource, but it's, you know, a decidedly startup resource that isn't technologically complete. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that they have plans to make it complete because it would be expensive. So as a result, things that you pull out of Tilt Brush have fidelity on Poly, but not on Sketchfab. So what you've got now is the main the main content creation tool in VR being deplatformed. Um, yeah. I mean, enough people are freaked out about it that there will be some open source solution, but open source solutions are not for normal people. They're for developers. Mm -hmm. So anybody who's a normal person and not a developer who is using Tilt right now is completely hosed. Yeah, you just have to hope. You just have to hope that there's some sort of out of the ashes. You know, comes the new phoenix of this. And I think we talked about this last week, and we were all a little concerned. And now, just in that period of week, I know. there's more open source news. They're going to move a lot of these assets to open source, which has its pros and its cons. But it also allows companies to realize that there might be a market there to make a a paid solution, a professional solution, and sort of take on the mantle and take off where Google left off and just build something even better, right? It's it's very possible that that this turns into good news at some point. I tend to be optimistic about these things. So Louisa, what, what's going on there? You think that Google is cutting VR loose and that they're really not, they're gonna be focused on things like map and, um, you know, um, AR core or are they uh, still yeah. have? I mean because seriously, when Tilbrush came out, I remember it was such an extraordinary experience. And I remember my daughter doing it and, you know, she must be eight or something. But, you know, I and I see all these true artists as well doing these amazing yeah. creations yeah. within it. Yeah. So it's, you know, quite upsetting because, as you say, they're not necessarily developers that can actually pull those creations in and I wonder how many are going to get lost mm. it's you know digital art as well as yes. a whole marketplace in itself and now they've kind of uh, you know strangled it a little bit um so I I feel that yeah Google but I haven't really heard but I know Ted is closer to Google than I am but I haven't really heard them being that excited about VR for a while. Um, and I do think mapping is something that they, I think they want to map the world. I think they'd want to map my room if I was in here, if, if they could be in here, you know? So I think that's something that they see as a way to digitally map. So eventually they can superimpose graphics in AR glasses or, XR glasses and they'll know where we are. That's that's a great point, but uh, I think Google may be a little uh, losing its edge there. Yeah. It's basically, the 3D map of the world is going to be a commodity and there are going to be many silos which have both a 
digital twin of the world mm -hmm. and, and also have a map of the world that can be manipulated into being other things in VR. Right. And I've seen some great digital twins done with Unreal, by the way. Yeah, um, me too. Of City, too. Um, and I don't know how much they incorporate um, from Google Maps as well at the same time, but I think they do. Um, but yes, I, I just haven't really heard. And it's a shame because actually that Daydream headset was not that bad, was it? I mean, I thought it was quite good. Um, I just love the idea that they were in there and that nobody was kind of seeding the field to, to Facebook. Right. Uh, I, I mean, as I've said many times on this show and in my column, I'm a big admirer of Facebook. They've done amazing things with Oculus. We probably wouldn't be sitting here on this phone if it were not for Facebook's enormous investment um, in XR. So, uh, but I don't think it's good for XR for it to only be Facebook. I mean, right now, Facebook is building a metaverse that is about to exclude uh, much of the world. So, uh, you know, and, and I mean, people have privacy concerns. That's not really my concern. My concern is really more, uh, as I said, in relation to Chilt Brush, uh, my concern is more that, you know, we're at that phase where we really need user-generated content and private content to kick in the way it did uh, on the right. web in 96 and 97, all of a sudden everybody was figuring out how to get a web page for their business, for yeah. themselves personally. And this is of course before social media came out and it became very easy to build a digital presence for yourself. In the nineties, it was hard to build a digital presence for, for yourself. But as people started to figure it out, the web became a very big place as every business built a website, as every individual got an email address and a browser, the world became a much bigger place. And, you know, that is the moment where we are in VR, right? It needs to be a much bigger place. It needs to be settled. Right now, you know, there are a bunch of pioneers out there. Some of them, as we know, have arrows in their backs that have fallen off the map, so to speak. Right. But um, it's early, early days. And we need to start building up user-generated content. And I guess that's what really has me set off about tilt brush because at a moment when we're starting to see universities with programs I and mean, it's just like html and web building right all of a sudden at universities you know computer science departments they're like wow we better learn how to build web pages and you know do animation and you know uh you know all the new technologies that existed then that of course are, are obsolete today but you know flash was so cutting edge in yes. 1998 i think we forget um and you know, we need those things in VR. VR is following the development pattern of, of, the, of, of the web very closely, both in time and in structure. And the secret sauce of the web was user-generated content. That is what social media is. It's all user-generated content. That was its brilliance, was, was that uh, they created this seamless platform where basically if you figured out how to log in, you could create content and distribute it on the internet. And YouTube is, is the prime example of that. So we need to settle the metaverse, mm. right? We need to, to bury the pioneers and the settlers need to move in and build cities. So yeah, when you see a... somebody taking away the nails, you're like, wait, 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 I was building that city, bring those nails back here. I, I have a, a maybe a somewhat interesting perspective on what you guys are talking about there. Uh, as you think about like the, the, the large companies plays in this space and where Facebook is compared to Google, compared to others. There's, there's something to think about, about 
like as as companies that have huge amounts of capital and huge amounts of resources dive into a certain sector and realize that some parts of their DNA are until there is actually really valid scale and a very mature delivery system and tool set, um, they're, they're not going to be great at this. They're going to dabble and they're going to spend sort of too much money on too few projects and try and like sort of like get the star effect and get the celebrity effect and get the press effect on something um, where Facebook took an approach where, yes, they threw all that in, but they decided to really go all in on it at a very early stage and stay all in on it. You know, they arguably have the same amount of resource tree to play another, this. Another game. company might have killed the effort years ago. Correct. So, so now you have, you know, Facebook as this entity of the ones that are just driving to whatever logical conclusion it might be. Um, and then likely every one of these other companies that we talk about that have dabbled and then sort of stepped back will come back in at a certain point. The really interesting thing to study is like if you look at Amazon versus Walmart, right? So Walmart knew where their business was, just like Google knows where their business was. They know where their bread is buttered, as it were, and it's not VR today, right? Um, and so, you know, Walmart knew where their bread was buttered, and Amazon was building new bread and didn't really even know what butter was. So they, you know, made this, that's the innovator's dilemma, kaboom, right? And much, much later into the curve, Walmart realizes we better get into this game. And now they keep attempting and attempting and attempting. And certainly they have some degree of success at it because they have a lot of muscle, but they missed their opportunity to really compete, right? And it they're, became- they're 10 years too late to the party. Correct. And, and what we might see with Google and others is they may just be too late and they'll always be in catch up mode. That is a very possible thing. And that's something that, that all those companies should be aware of is they likely should be putting yeah. more resources into it than they are right now, even if there is no direct economic outcome uh, of benefit yet. Yeah, I totally agree. I've seen some um, huge Fortune 500 companies and, you know, that are very, um, don't really have a clue about VR, actually, or AR, or XR, or MR, or whatever we're going to you know, whichever one it is, they have no clue about it at the very senior level. No, it's not, it, it has not reached their radar yet. I, I do metaverse tours where we take executives to remote collaboration and education and training sites. And I mean, there, there are companies out there sending headsets. Yes, to I'm on one of those events coming up. It, in this case, it, yeah. it was a, a major healthcare system and it was the presidents of the hospitals in their system Mm -hmm. But training is a big problem for them, right? You can't put a lot of people together in a room with a piece of equipment, which is the traditional way that hospitals train their staff to use equipment, right? You don't come out of nursing school knowing all the specific equipment that, that a specific hospital uses. So, so there's a training period where they say, oh, look, here's a ventilator and here's how it works. And, you know, here, watch me insert one in this patient. Um, and so without that, they have lower staff efficiency. Yeah. Right. They overtax senior employees. They, you know, they undertrain new employees, uh, and all of this in the middle of a, of a health crisis, where they have to spend a lot of time worrying about protective equipment and, um, you know, people getting tested all the time. So uh, they're interested in VR, just the idea that you could train somebody remotely. But my God, the amount of confusion uh, among CTOs. Um, you know, these are people who manage 
enormous, enormous uh, electronic infrastructure. And just VR is just not on their radar. Yeah, it's, it's so we get a lot of we get a lot of wow, but we also get a lot of how yeah. the hell am I going to train three hundred people to use this thing? Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that, Charlie, because this year I joined the board of a very large cancer research center called the Moffitt Center in uh, also in Central Florida, and it's one of the big ones, right? I mean, there's City of Hope in LA, there's Moffitt in Florida, there's Stanford has a research center, MIT has a research center, so this is one of the the big ones. It's, you know, a multi-billion dollar sort of operation that does this stuff. Um, right. And to your point, uh, I've basically been helping them um, get their sea legs around use cases for training and simulation. We did uh, our first meeting this past week, not on Zoom, but in spatial. I had them all buy quests and the board, we all sat around and in a boardroom and they were just completely amazed. Yeah. And for two hours talked about, once you kind of unlocked that, they, they started to get really excited about all the things that have just been trapped in this like 2D world remotely now. Um, and, and they see the possibilities that the three of us see on a daily basis. And now you're kind of unlocking that power. That's starting to happen all over the world in some but, but again, we're talking about a highly technical group of people who just isn't there yet. <laughs> right. So one, one concluding thought, um, was uh, just going back to the Zuckerberg earnings call. Yeah. So, you know, he's talking about Facebook's domination of, of VR and how they expect, you know, it to double, triple and really start to scale. And they said, well, what is the competitive set? Like, are you worried about Google or, and, and he named the one company that has no product. Hmm. Yeah, which all, right. it's the, it's, it's the Voldemort of, uh, of, of tech, right? It's the big A, <laughs> the one that's, that's the sword of Damocles hanging over VR <laughs> of a company that's not even in the business right now. <laughs> well, it just shows you the power of number one, people studying their patents, and number two, knowing a lot, you know, as I have like this on and I'm talking to you on one and I've got this here and, and everything around Apple knows how to wait, watch, learn, and execute. And he's a hundred percent right. When they execute, they will have something meaningful. And the, the, the tale to learn about that, the, the, the company in Cupertino, is when they execute their first generation device, it will likely be somewhat disappointing in some ways. It right, will exactly. not fully- like the iPhone the in, It's like the iPhone in 2007. Yes. Well, it's only got five apps. I've got right. more apps on my Blue on my um, Blackberry. Blackberry. But they know the they know how to play this game. They know what really important design looks like, what an ecosystem looks like, what a culture looks like, and they know how to wait. And it is fascinating to, to watch them know how to wait here. So yeah. when I got my first iPhone in like 2008, part of the reason that I had a hard time giving up my BlackBerry was the elevated keyboard. That's mm -hmm. that's why. Um, Obama didn't, or Hillary Clinton didn't want to give theirs up for the for the. Were you thing. guys? Uh, were both of you for two years? I was a BlackBerry and iPhone um, person. No, I made the Switch switch. I'm like, all right, well, this is old technology. That's new technology. I found and I had my BlackBerry Pearl, Pearl, which I loved, and my first iPhone, which I loved, and they were fundamentally two different devices with similar DNA. And yeah. then over time, the iPhone, like. Like what will happen, I believe, with VR and, and more importantly, mixed reality, over time, the Apple device will just get so right and so mature and so good that it'll be just very obvious to a lot of people that this is the tool they need to use. That's I mean, what I spend most of my time tracking is that 10-year journey. Yeah. Know? Apple know their customers, though, and they know they, they have customers who buy hardware. And when you think about it, 
you know, Facebook was not a hardware company. So that has been a pretty hard transition for them, yeah. even setting up all those processes that they've had to do. So you have to give them so much credit for accomplishing what they've accomplished. Yeah, and also look at, you know, look at the problems they had when they launched the Quest One. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had no idea how to make mass produce them and distribute them. They had no idea how to market them, right? They, they spent a hundred million dollars selling a million of them, right? You know, so, I, I mean, at, at, at any other company, if you did that, everybody would be Yeah, you're fine. done, you're out. Right. <laughs> right, there'd be a new head of marketing, there'd be a yes. new head of sales, it's like, yes. everybody would be gone. But, but that's the long Facebook, tail, right? They're in it Facebook for the long is long. such a rich company that they're willing to make all the mistakes you need to make to get there. Yeah. But what they do know about is user-generated content. Right. So that's, right. that's what they know about. So if they can get the other side kind of well, something okay, then I the think, user-generated content is going to rule it. And, you know, I don't know, Ted and Charlie, I'm sure you have been in Horizon, but they're letting people, you know, build in there. within their virtual world. So I am in there, and, and they gave me a... Uh, early access with a promise that I wasn't going to write about it or blab about it. Um, and, and so without saying too much, let me say it is both wonderful and under executed because people like VR chat and even alt space are so far ahead of them in user generated content in VR. Um, I do, are they going to catch up? Of course they will. But um, Horizon has, there, there has to be a lot more building in Horizon, probably more than they thought before you really could let people in there and, and offer them something that would make them come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, I, I think that they're gonna have to take more time with Horizon than they anticipated, hmm. um, but they are certainly throwing a lot of resources in. You're their top people at figuring it out. I mean, remember, this is their third at bat with social VR. Um, their, their earlier attempts didn't stick. Um, again, it was early going, so you know, shouldn't be that surprising. But again, their perseverance, um, you know, both in hardware and in software is remarkable. So I, I hope Apple is goes after it in that way. Um, because as I said, Facebook needs a powerful competitor to continue to push the technology forward. And I would hate to see them rest on their laurels with the Quest 2 for too long, because like everything else in two years, we're gonna be like, what's next? Right. So anyway, that brings us to the end of our 30 minutes. Wow, that went fast for a week that there wasn't any news. Yeah, well, there's showed. always something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love hanging out with you guys on Friday morning, so. Misha, you look great. I really miss your face, I gotta say. Oh, I miss your face. I miss your face, Ted. And uh, we should do something on Clubhouse, or you two, the dynamic duo, should do something on Clubhouse. Yeah, I guess we should. I've been, I've been avoiding it, but uh, it's like it comes in waves. Like every few days, people go, "Why aren't you on Clubhouse yet? Why aren't you on Clubhouse yet?" And I you know, finally, I, I, after the twelve invites I got, I finally signed up for it. Why do you, Why do you like Clubhouse, Louisa? Well, I haven't really got into it yet, but I can see that when I want to listen to something whilst I'm typing away, rather than I can just jump into something <laughs> right there. I can see that. I can also see that if it was a sports scenario, maybe I'm watching a game with a bunch of people. Right. Uh, right. So, you know, some of them 
I haven't really got into it yet, but I just don't think I'm using it properly yet. But I do think there's a, a space for it that could be really super interesting. I downloaded but, it because I got an invite, but I haven't It's interesting, you know, Charlie, th there's no reason we couldn't do this um, like the first half hour on our uh, This Week in XR podcast and then say, we're going to migrate live in real time um, and we're going to go do this live in Clubhouse for anybody that wants to join us in Clubhouse. Um, All right, well, let's see if maybe we can we'll get some, out. you know, it's, a, it's just another platform. It's just another way to do this, to, to gather and get people to, to chat and discuss. But I would love to, you know, your fans, literally, would love to be able to interact with you guys and, yeah. you know, have yeah. a discussion like this. And this was really fun. Thank you so much for um, inviting me, Charlie. I was really, really happy to hear from you. And obviously, it's so great to see you, Ted. You too. Louisa, you will be back. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> right. Have a great weekend, everyone. Okay. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye.